Hey, Sarah. Hey, what? I want to watch a romantic comedy. I just want to say that all of this nothing has meant more to me than so many somethings. Welcome. the best line that is a very good line hello yeah. and welcome hello. to romantic comedy commentary.com or as we like to call it romcomcom.com everyone struggles with that i don't know why it kind of like rolls off of itself i know it's totally easy intuitive yeah i think uh <laughs> this week as you could probably tell from sarah's intro line we're going to be talking about you've got Mail. Now, here, though, Sarah, we did have some dissension about what the intro should be. So, listeners, today, you're going to be getting the rare, very rare, double, double intro. intro. Yeah, we've not done this before. So, um, Sarah, I'd like to flip the script, and you ask me to watch a romantic comedy, and uh, and I would like to read a line this time. <laughs> uh, hey, Justin. Hey, what? Would you like to watch a romantic comedy? I go online and my breath catches in my chest until I hear three little words. You've got mail. <laughs> That's like acid to a 14 year old. It's what do you You're mean? Like, yes. <laughs> I remember like, oh my God, do I have mail? Yes, I have mail. I didn't really use the mail function on AOL. I was all about AIM. I didn't get into AIM until college. Really? Probably. Maybe oh. high, well, late high school. Oh, I got myself. I got onto the chat rooms. Really? Oh yeah. I got into all sorts of trouble on the like AIM in, in high school. Just you know, mm. like trying to flirt and. Acting. What was your screen name? J M Solo. Like Tom Solo, <laughs> and my initials are J M. So it kind of it kind of worked. Also, Wait, I thought of myself. How does that work for Han Solo? The Han Solo Solo. JM, so my initials JM, and then Solo for Han Solo. <laughs> the his last name. And also, I favored myself quite the loner bad boy in my head. So, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, which is, in fact, it is not a beautiful the... day. <laughs> so, yeah, and Sarah, with us doing You've Got Mail Today, I think it's only appropriate that we start this off with our own mail section. So, let's go check the mailbag. 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 So here we have an email from Caitlin says, hey guys, just listened to the intro and first episode and loved it. Sarah, if it makes you feel any better about only being in two weddings, I've never been a bridesmaid. Hey. There you go. Theme weddings are totally a thing. I had a Halloween themed wedding and that's... But was it on Halloween? I have no idea. I hope she responds to us because I have a feeling we're going to have a couple extra questions for Caitlin. Hmm. So Caitlin, please uh, respond Caitlin. to us with uh, the answers. These <laughs> wasn't on Halloween. Um, let me just read the whole email and then we can go back and deconstruct it. Uh, I didn't tell my bridesmaids they could shorten their dresses afterwards, but one of them really wanted to. So to save time and money, she decided not to get any alterations done before the wedding and just wear an ill-fitting, expensive dress to the wedding. Hmm. Um, and it said, Justin, don't feel bad. I have too been slapped by a member of the opposite sex and I am a woman. So there's a lot in this email. Yeah. Caitlin gave us some real good stuff. What happened, Caitlin? Why did he slap you? Yeah. Why did he slap you? Says, can't wait for more episodes. Caitlin. It's never right. It's never, (laughs) never the right move. It's the easy answer and the wrong answer. Yeah. Uh, as far as sometimes it just feels so right. I can only imagine. Don't do it. It, uh, she says in here though, that it was a Halloween themed wedding. That makes me think. Sarah, if you were going to a Halloween themed wedding, what would you go as? And you can skeleton. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> would 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 you and Brian go as is couple like I just couple love skeleton skeletons. like would would you and Brian go as a couple's costume like Jack Skeleton and and That's whatnot? Skellington, you, Jack Skellington. So would Brian go as Jack Skellington no. and you as Jill Skellington? No, no, oh. Sally. Come I've on. never seen. She's a ragdoll. I've never seen that movie. Jeez, anyone who knows Nightmare Before Christmas is yelling at you right now. Absolutely. I maybe this year will be the year I see it. No, I would go as a painted skeleton i can't remember the spanish word for it from dia de los muertos the uh like candy skulls like the intro to james bond specter yeah that would be fun yeah the painted ones that are like have flowers yeah. and they're you know fl- very like floral well, here, <laughs> i can't come up with the word other than floral well here would be the problem with going to a like a halloween themed wedding if and i'm assuming caitlin that they went and guests were encouraged to come in dress. Yeah. You, it would be so easy to go over the top and upstage perhaps the bridal party. So you, you Ooh, almost yeah. have to go in with like a real bare bones type. Yeah. B- bare bones, pardon though. Just everyone um, wears sheets. They're all ghosts. Ew. Everyone's a ghost. Spooky. <laughs> I would probably go. Spooky scary. I always, I would. Werewolf. I, what about a werewolf bar, bar mitzvah? mitzvah. <laughs> I would probably go as... I'd go with something that I thought was clever that wouldn't end up being clever. Yeah. Like I went for Halloween like one time pun. as well, I went for Halloween one time um, as, as Norm Macdonald, as Burt Reynolds, Ooh, as no, Dracula. Oh no, it was that. a concept costume. <laughs> yeah, it landed with me and like one other guy. But I went as uh, Alec. What's his name from A Clockwork Orange? I wore like an all white suit with a. Uh, one eye was super painted and I had a cane. I don't know where I got this stuff, but it was like <laughs> senior year of college. And I spent the entire time explaining my costume to people as I got drunker throughout the night. I just kept yelling like <laughs> clockwork orange. And people were like, she's explained her costume to me 15 times. I'm like, yeah, I'm that annoying Drunk person. girl explaining the yeah. costume. I'm wearing a clockwork orange. I remember one time I saw an old roommate of yours at a college party, um, Laura, and yeah. for some reason, I think she was like, I think it was supposed to be like Captain Underpants or something. But all I remember, she had a cape and men's underwear outside. And, huh, and it was, she was when it was late enough in the evening that when Quail I asked, man? it might have been that. But I mean, it was like late enough in the evening Ooh. that it was late enough in the evening that when I tried asking for an explanation, there was no hope of getting <laughs> if one. If she had had any tequila at all, she would not be answering you. Allow me to confirm. She apparently had lots of tequila. <laughs> She's no longer verbal, <laughs> mostly guttural and oh, okay. angry. Oh, okay. Yeah, then that I kind of assume that that could be part of the costume, but apparently, apparently not. That's all. Yeah. What do you think if it was a Halloween themed wedding? What do the bride and groom go as? Again, just like like skeletons. sweet skeleton. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I I, uh, I think skeletons because they look great in suits. Allow me to ask a follow up question that I feel that I already know the answer that's going to be coming. What do you think the bridesmaid and groomsman went as? Uh, Dracula. Okay. Okay. Not skeleton. <laughs> uh, this kind of came to me. The the Elvira. That could be a that really would be good fun. one. Uh, obviously, the mother and father of the bride would go as Frankenstein. Mr. Both and Mrs. Frankenstein. Okay. Yeah. I mean, why can't we put a gender Frank- bent role Most, on it? Mr. and Mrs. Frankenstein's monsters. Ooh, 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 ooh. Igor. What about Frankenberry? What if they went as Frankenberry instead? What if it was a serial themed Halloween wedding? What if they wedding? had a dog <gasps> named Frankenweiner? Oh my God. Okay. So oh anyone listening out there. Feel, or zero. Feel free to have a uh, serial themed Frankenstein wedding. But only on Halloween. Oh yeah. It's got to be on Halloween. Hey man, I hope she got married on Halloween. I know. Or else they're just weird. 
creepy Halloween people. Well, if it was, I either hope it was Halloween or six months out. It was. I wanted it to either be on Halloween or as far away as possible. You can't though. April thirty first doesn't exist. Okay, then the furthest out it can be. There you go. Maypole. That's all I'm asking. Oh, they could have a maypole. That'd be lovely. Hmm. All right. Well, (laughs) all the skeletons around the maypole, (laughs) (laughs) dancing their little dance. <laughs> well, now that we've got our mailbag section out of the way, please shoot us an email, people. We'd love to read through some of these. We're fun. Um, yeah, we're fun. So there's our mail section. Uh, why don't we dive into this absolutely I mean, delightful so movie? I have to tell you right up front that you didn't watch it this weekend. No, I absolutely watched it. I don't know why I never liked the name of this movie. And so I always thought it was like derivative Mm -hmm. and I always considered it like kind of not as good of a rom-com. And I also thought, well, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks have already been in one together. This is just, this is just too much. They shouldn't be in another rom-com together. You know, this can't nearly be as good as Sleepless in Seattle. And, and, and it's called You've Got Mail. You know, it was at a time when I was 14 and I was like, this is a lame name and these guys have done this before. Uh, it is a great, great movie. I was totally wrong. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it at least twice before, but I was young. And so I take it all back and it was fantastic. And Nora Ephron really knows what she's doing. She absolutely does. I had never seen this. Wow, you've never seen it? Yeah, no, I'd never seen it. That's what I'm saying. So to give people some behind the scenes here, I like to get the movies from my local public library branch. I pay taxes. He refuses to buy it. I pay taxes. Yeah, but sometimes we have a deadline. (laughs) And I've met this deadline. But I said to Sarah. Because I harass you. Yeah, well, in the Blu-ray has a ton of extra features. It actually has the entire movie this is based on. On it oh, as an extra. So the you shop get, around the corner. Yes. And I was going to try and watch that, which I didn't. Mm-hmm. So that'll have to be a future episode. Uh, which is based on the play, La Parfumerie. It is? Yes. Oh, okay. So <laughs> it's a movie based on a movie extra based features on be a damned. Yeah. So I usually try to watch all of the extras on these DVDs just so I have something to contribute. Mm-hmm. You know. But this one had, it had a tour of New York that went to all the places. Oh. It had a section about famous movie couples. It had... Interview with Nora Ephron. It had a director's commentary with Nora Ephron. Uh, I watched a couple of these, but I I gotta say, I really hope I'm not robbing our listeners here so that I can meet your deadline. So if someone out there is going, where's Justin's usual insightful commentary on the director's track? It ain't gonna be here today, people, and it ain't exactly. Sarah forced him to record within a week. Well, the one thing to start off though, going to what you said about oh they've already been in one, they're in another. The DVD, the one thing I did watch was a thing called You've Got Chemistry, and it was yeah. a, a short documentary about just famous movie couples mm-hmm. through, you know, film. Humphrey Bogart. Well, it it uh, the ones that they went through, Mickey Rourke and Judy Garland, mm-hmm. Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn, mm-hmm. William Powell and Myrna Lay. Don't know them. Errol Flynn and Olivia Day. Havilland, Havilland, De Havilland. That's the one. Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Yeah. Um, and then finally Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. And that got mm. me kind of going. You know, do you do you think now seeing this with fresh eyes and having the perspective of the time, would you put Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in that upper echelon of? I mean, because a yeah, lot, a lot. I of, would. Okay, I would too. I guess this conversation is the end. Going to end. Yeah. Well, the one thing that they talked about was didn't they talk were in about Joe versus the volcano too. Was she in Joe versus the volcano? Yeah. 
I want to do Joe versus Joe versus the volcano for this, but I have a feeling you would <laughs> not do it. But I'm gonna push for that real hard yeah. once we get to like later episodes and we're kind of bouncing around ideas. All right. But the one thing after that... episode 100. Okay. <laughs> God. Oh, I would love if Joe versus the volcano was episode 100. Ooh. It would just be you going like this was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. This is not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. But they talked about a little bit how a lot of these movie pairings that were typically became famous like mickey rourke again and Mm -hmm. and, and errol flynn and all that um came out of the studio system yeah so they kept putting people together because they were people liked them they sold well but they were contracted to the studio so they just Mm -hmm. had these actors around so they kept pairing them together and now with people kind of not being that studio system being disassembled and actors not being married to one studio. When did that studio system become disassembled? I really don't know for sure, but looking at write in and tell us. Well, I'm guessing looking at the listing of of the people that that documentary said were like the famous movie couples and where it stopped, probably like the 60s. Seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. Because really, I was kind of racking my brain. That's kind of when foreign films came into and Mm. like, People started doing things outside of Hollywood. Mm. I don't know. Well, I was kind of racking my brain too, thinking, you know, who else other than even in modern, it, let's even say into the 80s, from like the 80s through mm-hmm. current, who else would even be another really famous kind couple, of couple? Yeah. Like a pair. There are a lot yeah. of like certain actors in things, but I'm thinking like couples. I, the only one that jumps to mind, uh, the only one that jumps to mind for me, and I'm not saying that they are this echelon of. But mm-hmm. that they were in a couple together that were I enjoyed a lot. Um, McConaughey and Kate Hudson mm. had several they were in together that were very good. Now, yeah. now would I put? No, you know what? I would actually say I would put them in this echelon if they had had a better a better string of movies. They really mm. like How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days was really good. Yeah, but then the other ones they did didn't live up to that. If they mm. had had like one or two more real real good ones, I bet they would be mentioned in this together because they had that just. In, oh, inimitable chemistry. Um, so okay, yeah, I can see it. I would love to sometime, maybe when we have our resident film historian here in town, to actually run through like the history of some of these movie parents Who's and our couples. Film historian? Uh, Taryn, she actually has a, a degree in oh, really? film studies. That's what she went to college oh, for. Oh, perfect. Yeah, and I know she loves old movies because what they were going through that was so cool to kind of think about was the intricacies between each of these pairings and why they worked so well like hmm. that mickey rourke and judy garland were kind of this innocent youthful vaudevillian playful act mm-hmm. and then you get to you know humphrey bogart and lauren bacall and it was just this smoldering yeah yeah but it was just interesting to see she had that sexy low voice or i know you said you don't know william Powell and myrna lay but they were in this uh thin man series that we may have oh, to do a couple yeah. of mm-hmm. it, it's a mystery but i guess it's kind of sexy mystery well but like they're so compelling in it that you don't remember the mystery you hmm. remember the pairing um, but their thing is right. like a sophisticated, sophisticated, very quick wit type of thing yeah. as a couple. So it's just, I think it'd be interesting to get someone that actually has a better background okay. just to talk a little bit about that. But back to Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, mm. one of film's greatest movie couples we've 1998. just decided. A beautiful time in New York when September 11th hadn't happened yet. Mm. And yet New York was on the upswing from the dirty, dirty times of the late 70s, early 80s. Is this Giuliani territory? Yeah. Here is a thing of this movie that remember you... she says I didn't vote for the mayor. For Ju- oh yeah, that's right. And it's Giuliani. Yeah. And Frank's like, what? Do we want to say the ratings? Did you look up the ratings of this? I did, but I didn't okay. remember them. Do you want to tr- try to kind of guess what like a, a, a 
Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, they're kind of floating about oh, the same. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Okay, because I'm gobsmacked by what I'm like saying. Like 6.3, wasn't it something low? 6.6 and 69%. That's crazy. Well, but here's what we're learning. The Google user rating, ten, uh, we tend to agree with the Google user okay. rating. It got an 88. Oh, all right. So I think that's truer to, mm-hmm. it, I don't know, maybe IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes are like, is this a traditionally mm-hmm. good movie? And the Google's more like, do I want to sit down and watch this? Will this put a smile on my face? Okay. Okay. Before we dive into the movie, though, uh, we should probably give people a really, really classic Sarah <laughs> one minute summary of this movie in case they're like me and they hadn't seen it up until now. I think you could pack this one in really succinctly. Hmm. Okay. So Meg Ryan is played or plays a woman named Kathleen Kelly. Tom Hanks is Joe Fox. He owns Fox Books, which is kind of like a Barnes and Noble. She owns a little shop around the corner, literally called the shop around the corner. That's all children's books that her mom, uh, she inherited from her mom. He tries to, well, he does succeed in pushing her out of business. Meanwhile, she has this secret online pen pal who she's talking to, who turns out that we all know is him. So they're talking to each other online about their problems with each other. (laughs) And then he finds out that she is his pen pal and he realizes that he really likes her. Uh, She doesn't know that it's him. He puts her out of business. He tries to create a friendship with her. You know, eventually they meet and fall in love. I think you, I think you nailed just about a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I started the timer a little bit after, but you did pretty good on that one. Yeah. Yay. So that's the movie in a nutshell. Now let's, uh, let's dig deep Uh, to start it off though. Did you ever have any kind of online relationship at any point? Oh Yeah. Ooh. I don't really remember. Ooh. <laughs> I don't really remember, but I definitely talked to people pretending to be dudes online. You mean you were pretending to be a dude? No, whether the... they were or not, uh, I I'll never know. Hmm. But... I actually ended up... I We still don't know the series of events that led to this, but a girl texted a friend of mine one time and we don't know how or why, or at least he's never told me. Maybe it was even a chat room, but he would never admit that. Mm -hmm. And then he shoveled her off to me um, Mm -hmm. and she started talking to me. And long story short, we ended up like meeting in person at one point at like a concert that a friend was having. Oh, I dated her for like a year and a half. IRL. Yeah. yeah, I dated her for like a year and a half. And so I did that. And then, um, you are fully aware of my, my, t- see, I know like Tinder dating is a thing and, mm-hmm. and, but I feel like that's diff. like, yeah. I feel like app dating is different than what like this type of relationship oh, building definitely. is entirely. Yeah. So I don't know that I count that it in the same. Yeah. It's not the same thing. Cause that's more like you, you talk, you, the, the understanding is you are going to meet kind of from the oh. beginning. I see, would I say. I never met anyone. Well, no, but I'm saying in like the modern app, Bumble, Tinder and all that. Like oh, when, yeah, I, yeah, when yeah. I did it back in like high school, yes. we, we never different. thought we were going to meet. Yeah. The old internet versus the new. Yeah. So I would say I've done yeah. both. I've done the new and the old. Wow. Look so. at you. What happened? What happened to what? Your a year and a half long relationship. Oh, we we broke up. That did. That. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she broke up. We we just weren't a good. I mean, really, looking back in retrospect, we were IRL. Know, yeah, we had some, we had some fun times together, but we were just you know what? I was a senior in high school and went to UD. We dated through most of my 
freshman year wow. and just yeah it was just weird. Brian did that too I mean yeah just looking back we really just didn't we weren't really a good pairing she's a nice girl we had some fun times but yeah, yeah it just was one of those it, yeah at the time it was a little more emotional for me than that but you know the, the yeah the uh, distance of time has made me go, oh, yeah, that, that probably wasn't the old 18-year-old Justin. Oh, God, he was a freaking train wreck. <laughs> I used to think that the chin strap was a good facial hairstyle. You told me this last episode or I'm, two episodes I don't ago? know because I feel so guilty about it. It weighs on me. Just shave those cheeks. Well, no, now I, now I do. <laughs> um Wait, don't shave. No, I'm saying to make a chin strap, you shave your cheeks. Well, no, I mean, I shave everything now. I found Sometimes. great, <laughs> I found great ear hairs the Ew, other day. no. I know. I'm not happy about that. Get that ear hair trimmer in oh, there. They're gone. Uh, mm-hmm. Rest assured. We should probably talk about the movie. I feel like we're, we're jumping. I'm, there's so, but that's okay. Here's the thing about this movie that I had as an end point, but I will make it right now in the beginning because we are we are a good ways in, and I think it 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 speaks to how good of a romantic comedy this is. Um, like this is what a good rom com does to people. I think yeah, is that it it, it's it conversation starter. It's a conversation starter. You connect with the movie. It feels real. And and the other thing is, I think it makes. A good rom-com will make mundane things in your life that you can connect with seem fantastical. Yeah. Like, I just went on about a girl I dated. Okay, mm-hmm. like, everybody does that. But, you know, there's an excitement to it and whatnot. Um, and I think that's, like, the thing about this movie. It, and that's what proves it's such a good rom-com is that we're sitting probably, you know, in our conversation 20 minutes in. We've barely talked about the movie mm-hmm. itself, but we've jumped off of it enough. I, I will say from the beginning, this is my favorite one we've watched so far, yeah. hands down. And I will be rating it the highest on everything. And I think, wow. I, well, and I think how we're talking speaks to that. And I think, this again, Nora Ephron. Nora Ephron, Nora Ephron is the queen of the rom com. Absolutely. She's and, a writer and director. Now, here's the question. And I, I say, adapted screenplay. I am asking this as a real question. Is I, she related to Zach Ephron? Yes. I don't believe so. Okay. Because I'm not trying to make a joke right now. I just <laughs> genuinely don't know. Yeah. So what Sarah, how does how does this movie really start off? Well, with a electronic version of New York. That was weird. Spanning the aerial west upper west side, which then turns into the real upper west side, which then zeroes in on Meg Ryan's beautiful little bookstore. Called the shop around the corner. And did you say they only sold children's books? Yes. I did not pick up on that. Yeah, it's a children's bookstore. Okay, I didn't pick up on that. And her employees, when they start coming in, you can tell like it's a small business, it's a passionate group. And then I saw him, Steve Zahn. I yes. love that guy. I know I love Steve Zahn. He was, and he's great in this. He's too. great in this. He's great in everything. He was awesome in Sahara. Mm-hmm. He was. Uh, what was the one where that they made thing like you a, do? Ah, oh, he was in that thing yeah. you do. Uh, with Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's and right. He was in uh, uh, the one where it was like a wildlife documentary type thing. Neither of us are going to think of the name off the top Saving of Saving Silverman. He's in Saving Silverman. Yeah, he was great in this. I mean, mm-hmm. they all the whole the whole cast of her bookstore was great. Zach Efron is spelled with an F. Nora Efron is spelled with a PH. So for reasons of distancing himself from his mother, he just chose to spell it differently, <laughs> we can only yeah. assume. I always thought of Nora Ephron's story as a real tragedy and she died of cancer and it was so awful. I thought she was very young. She was 71. 
wow, she looked pretty good for yeah. 71. So I, I take it back. I still feel badly that she died, and obviously she could have lived longer. But 71, I thought she was like 54. Yeah, so did I. Went something. to Wellesley. Wellesley. Yeah. Wellesley. I'm looking at how it's spelled. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. One of these days, I'm going to be cool, Sarah. You're going to know the names of women's colleges? Exactly. I've, I've, I need to... I just... Is it Smith or is it Smythe? <laughs> You'll never know. St. Mary's. Sarah Laurence. <laughs> so we see her then typing on her Are computer. Are you trying to say to... Bryn Mawr? St. <laughs> <Saint> Mary's? <laughs> We see her talking to NY152. Yes. I wonder what the 152 stands for. They try to figure it out in the movie. 152 people he's murdered. Okay. Well, then that's a good... That's that's what they say in the movie. No, I know. I was going along with the goof. (laughs) We see them writing together. They've obviously got a rapport. Um, I really am having a hard time piecing together the order of things in this movie other than the very vaguest of what it's... He's building the store. They have it all covered up so no one knows what's coming in. And it's like a Barnes & Noble type store. Yeah. It's it's like a big box. You know, discounter. Yes. And then Dave Chappelle is his assistant, which is so great. Mm-hmm. He's his sassy side friend, mm-hmm. I guess. His truth telling side friend. Mm. <laughs> Seeing Dave Chappelle in that role is hilarious. Dave Chappelle was good. Young Dave Chappelle. Is yeah, really young. Hungry Dave Chappelle. Yeah. So we see them. They're talking to each other. It's a lot of talking back and forth online to each other, sharing emails Mm -hmm. and you just get into their lives she's with frank frank is a writer oh with frank too so she so greg kinnear greg kinnear who was awesome in it Mm -hmm. i did not know that they were dating what until the scene where they broke up i thought they were just like roommates and friends well even when he didn't even live with her we took his type. His typewriter was there. Yeah. No. No. He did live with her. No. He didn't. Yes. He she did. said. She said. You have. You already have one of these at my house. We don't need another. Well, then why when he they broke up and he left the you ta- take his the ta- typewriter the taxi cab if you look though was packed with boxes the back seat had I multiple know, boxes he had in shit it. from her house okay fine. she said he practically lives with me well okay so I I generally for most of the movie just assume they were friends or roommates because even when he what? was like hitting on the girl on on air he got yeah. interviewed. Uh, I didn't feel like she was concerned about that in a... She wasn't. Exactly. Because they're well, I mean, not in love. Well, yeah, so I it's just... It's a New York relationship, Justin. Oh, okay. Everyone's I... very mature. How he talked, like Greg Kinnear, as, as an author where he would just kind of like be talking and sit down at the typewriter and go into prose. Mm-hmm. Like he would jump off of one thing. I had a very short period that thankfully no one that knows me remembers. You had a typewriter? No, not where I had a typewriter, but where I would just, I would, I would like have an idea and think that it would become brilliant prose. And I would just start kind of saying or writing down oh, something no. off of it. Oh yeah. I did that drunk in college. Did you? I used to come home from Tim's and like scrawl things in a notebook and I don't know where it is and I would love to see it. So I, I would also pay good money to see that because I. Bet, what was it? Do you think it was like? Was it like we're poetry? all connected? There was are it... people everywhere, and we all feel things. It's a lot of stuff. Oh, so it was like lovey-dovey type stuff. Okay, yeah. well, I didn't know some people. So it was emo, probably. Okay, because I know one guy. You also know him too. We'll see if you know who he is. That one time went on what his oh god was it was it mayoral or presidential. It was basically what platform he would run on for a political office at like 4 a.m. And it was, I've got to say, 
pretty well thought out from what I thought that I was up at 4 a.m. as well with him listening Why to are we do at it. 4 a.m.? Because we were probably at Tim's until 2 and then waiting for the hills to open. <laughs> we, we Basically, the, the, a big chunk of the intro of the movie is, is just kind of familiarizing us yeah, with their lives. Yeah, Parker Posey. Who I love. I really like in the... Uh, the new Lost in Space. They always they have play her sister, the person I always think she looks like, Selma Blair. Really, I always for some reason think get her and Selma think Blair she looks confused. Like Selma Blair. Yes, I do to the point that I am this excited that they really? cast her as her sister. Yeah, not. Wow. Uh, I yeah, I'm not going to back off of this. I think that was a fantastic casting because I have gotten the two kind of confused. Hmm, they have similar eyeballs <laughs> in that they are round and have two mm, similarly shaped and moved. By their facial muscles. <laughs> Am I right? Well, so it, he, yeah, he's engaged to her. Or not engaged. They're not engaged. They're dating. What? Tom yeah. Hanks is engaged they're to... They're dating. And, and Meg Ryan is dating. Greg, Greg Kinnear. Kinnear. And that's really what probably the first 30, 40 minutes of the movie deals with. And they keep with, running into each other. It makes the Upper West Side look so small. It does. It's it, like they're it, always running into each other. And you know what's funny about... Oh, and he takes his... <laughs> brother and his aunt on a day out his aunt is seven <laughs> and his brother is oh, like yeah, five because right. yeah. his his dad has had so many marriages and children mm. uh and they go into the little shop around the corner because she goes oh i love the the reading lady and it just happens to be the time when meg ryan is reading aloud to all the patrons and he's totally charmed by her he sees that's the meat cute he sees her yeah. reading a book to the children. She's so engaging and cute. And then they buy a few books and he tries to avoid telling her his last name because he doesn't want her to know. Just Joe. That his last name is Fox. Except his brother, who's five, keeps saying F-O-X. But what if, wait, but how would he spell cat? F-O-X. He wouldn't spell <laughs> dog like that, would he? Yes, he would. <laughs> So darn cute. But then they buy like five books and she's like, that'll be $73. He's like, ah. I mean, I also would balk at that, but aren't children, yeah. would, are kids' books expensive? Yes, they are. I would think because they're illustrated and yeah. colors and all that. And beautiful and I love them. Here's my question for you, Sarah. The storybook lady, when that came up, I will say that my mother was fantastic at reading bedtime stories. I'm really good too. Are you pretty good? Do you do voices? Oh yeah. I love reading. Well, I mean, do you- And my dad was really good. Like voices and things, mm-hmm. or what do you oh, what yeah. do you think sets yours apart? Voices and exclamations and certain things. Like my dad loves the book Go Dog Go. Okay, and he's like, "Now, do you like my hat?" And she's like, "Yes, I like your hat." Like, Aww. yeah. And then he always points out all the funny things they do, and at the end you have to slam the book closed really loudly. That sounds like a very good story time, but a bad bedtime story. I know you don't slap the book closed right before bed, but it's still fun. Well, that's good. She, yeah. I thought she was a pretty good story lady too. She seemed to really oh, yeah, enjoy what she great. was. I mean, she was voted like prom queen, most congenial, pretty, like all this stuff in high school. Like she was. Are you saying in real life? In though, real life, Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan she's a very engaging person. I have absolutely. She just no has doubt. that funny personality that comes through in her face. Yeah, I mean, very sweet, very in, very yeah. engaging. And there's something really attractive about her that's kind of indefinable. Like, I wouldn't just look at her face and be like, she is really pretty. 
But when you see her like moving around and being a person, you're like, there's something really attractive about her. That's probably the best way to put it is, yeah, attractive. You're just mm-hmm. drawn to for whatever reason. Well, and that, okay. So that actually brings me to something that if you have to lie to me on your answer to this, know that I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I just want to hear a specific answer. Do women find 1998 Tom Hanks attractive? Yeah. Thank you. That's I think all so. I wanted to hear. I mean, he's the same way. He's so incredibly likable. <laughs> well, that's why I likable. brought it up. Is, yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. He's not like taking his features all together. He's not all that attractive. But like, but women do find him attractive. Oh, definitely. Okay, cool. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. He's like he is the Meg Ryan of men. Yeah. He is just wonderful. And he has that quality that you just want to be around him. And he's just so sweet and nice. And it just comes through. Love Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah. I fully believe. Brian loves Tom Hanks. There's something with guys with Tom Hanks. I don't know. I fully believe that if I met Tom Hanks in like this age, Tom Hanks. So they're in this movie. How old are they? Probably about our age, like mid 30s, late 30s. Well, they're playing. Well, Early that's what 30s. I'm saying. What is yes. that? What are they? Supposed yes, they're to be playing, playing our age people. So let's say mid mid to late thirties. Yeah, in no, real I life. would say early. She says she just turned thirty. She says she just turned thirty. Yeah. All right. Like I'd put her at thirty two at the oldest. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um, she was born in real life. She was born in sixty seven. So, so at the time, ninety-eight. She was thirty-one. Thirty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, okay. I, then I'd buy that. I don't know that I'd buy Tom Hanks thirty in this. He had to be forty by. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think he was born in like fifty-seven, sixty. I feel like I would probably be very good friends, and I don't say this in a like a wishful thinking way, but I think if I met Tom Hanks, nineteen ninety-eight Tom Hanks, mind you, mm-hmm. I think I would be very good friends with him. And I say nineteen ninety-eight Tom Hanks because I feel like if I met now Tom Hanks. I would be so enamored. <laughs> I would I would almost ask him a bunch of um, like fatherly advice type questions just because he's at that point in his life and career. Yeah. I feel like this Tom Hanks would be near to my age. So it'd be like we'd have a buddy conversation. Tom Hanks now I'd be like, I, I would just pour my soul out and be like, I need advice from you, father figure. Yeah. You know? But that's- his son is older than us. Is he? Colin? Colin, yeah. Tom Hanks, I just looked up, was born in 56. He's also a cancer like me, born mm-hmm. July 9th. I would never call you a cancer. I've always been one. On anything, Sarah. <laughs> and Meg Ryan was born in 61. I was wrong. When, when we put this episode up, can we please tag Tom Hanks in the Instagram on the off chance that he sees it. I don't know if he has an Instagram. I know Colin does. Well, here's the thing about Tom Hanks' Instagram. I'm almost positive he does, but I thought I read... You're not on Instagram. Well, I'm not. We have the show Instagram. That's close enough. (laughs) If if it's what I'm thinking of, I'm almost sure I've read he has an Instagram, but he only puts up pictures of lost gloves. Like one glove. Oh, yeah. I kind of remember that. So we need to tag him in that. And and if he does hear this, I would like to make a personal plea to you, Tom Hanks. We would love to have you on to just talk about Nora Ephron. We will not yeah. ask. We will not ask we you like any questions that. about you. We will even call you a completely different name if you would. I'll if just you would ask care. all my questions about Hooch from Turner and Hooch. Well, but and if you want that, we'll do that. If you don't want to talk about you, we'll talk about Daryl Hannah. I'll make as much or as little eye contact as you would like. <laughs> I will gladly stare at the wall if you don't want me to look at you. But if you want I don't eye think contact, he wants that. okay. Well, then I will. Tom, I will. I will provide eye contact. I will probably not blink because I won't believe it's going on. So <laughs> um, we just need to tag Tom Hanks and this. Like I said, we'll even call you by a different name if that helps. We call you Timothy, and no one will know that that's who. I don't think you're helping. 
I'm not. Him come to our show. Okay. And making it weird. Okay. 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 <laughs> Tom, I will not make it weird. Treat him like a person. Not like a thing you should or should not look at, like Medusa. Well, I, I, I'm just saying I want to make him feel comfortable so I can meet Tom Hanks now and just You're not really. Doing it. I feel like <laughs> I just feel like Sarah that if anyone's going to help me get my life, it's like, going to be back me. On track, it's it's gonna be, me. It's, you think it's going to be okay? Yeah, I need to help you. Someone needs to help me, my lord. I'm going to help you get Tom Hanks here because you're not doing it okay. yourself. That's all we need is Tom Hanks here. So <laughs> they 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 meet at a party. I think the party was a big turning point. They, they meet again at a party. Uh, yeah, and she realizes who he is because someone says, why are you talking to Joe Fox? Joe Fox. And she's like, that's Joe Fox. And he steals all the caviar. I thought and that she's was... like, that's a garnish. And he's like, oh, well, and just takes it off. And see, that to me, that felt like a Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. That felt like, a, like it was a... It, it was an antagonistic power play, but it was mm-hmm. still sweet and innocent. Not sweet and innocent. He did, All he did was take the caviar delicious caviar dick move do you like caviar mm-hmm. uh, i've had it like once didn't care for it the only time i've ever had it is on sushi but i really oh, like that's it good. it's the little kind though the masaga i would tiny i would take all that caviar to prove a point like you did <laughs> i support it right. and then he orders did you hear his order though when he went up to the bar i wrote this down because i thought it was interesting it was just stoli on the rocks that's for his girlfriend oh well that's what she asked him for. Oh, yeah. Pay attention and you'll learn things. <laughs> it's the first time I saw this movie. Felt like I did okay. I haven't maybe. seen it in 15 years. <laughs> Should we do the rest of the episode singing? Pretty sure I paid more attention. I'd agree with that. <laughs> I think that I need to get a drink. We'll talk. Let's we'll talk about that in a different What's, episode. What are I need we talking a drink. about? Where he how he ordered? She got a stoli on the rocks. Oh. That just felt like a very definitive drink. Um, I, I was at a wedding this weekend. It was very hot. Yeah. And they didn't have vermouth. I ordered a, I ordered a martini. And so you got vodka. They're like, well, we don't have vermouth. And I was like, can I just have half gin, half vodka? So he gave me a shot of gin and a shot of vodka on the rocks. And that's what I had with a lime in it. And I had three of them. Woo. Plus more drinks. But those are house I, drinks, man. It was strong, but I never felt drunk because I it was so hot. I was drinking tons of water too. Oh yeah, so it was great. And then this, I had this guy who was totally fine, and then I had this woman who looked at me like I was fucking nuts, and she's like, okay, and gave me like half of my usual, and I was like, fuck you, lady, you don't know me. Send him over here. Let Todd talk. To <laughs> I need me. that little man. He knows me. <laughs> I need that nice, nice. He knows what man. I like. So yes. they, they end up meeting each other's significant others at this party. Yeah, and they I like each know, other. I didn't know trying, it was sig- Yeah. They keep trying to talk to each other. And then, you know, Joe and Kathleen keep trying to avoid each other. It's mm. so funny. That's the great part. Nora Ephron really knows how to engage people. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then from here... They just keep bumping. There's like a whole montage of them just kind of avoiding each other or bumping yeah. into each oh, other. Oh, I said, is this the first catfish situation you've <gasps> ever had? I, I, have the, I think I have the, sa- I have the same thing written. I have, uh, oh God, I know. I have, uh, is this a catfish situation? We need to call Max and Neve. <laughs> That's so funny. It absolutely is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, 
he figures it out first. The catfishing well, each it's, other. It's kind more of. the ending. The ending is closer to catfishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. where yeah. like they actually really, really know each other, and he's still crazy obfuscating, and yeah. then talking about himself. Yeah. To her on both ends. It's a very complicated. But we'll get to that. But my favorite part in this montage is how it kind of buttoned up was them at the supermarket, and she was in the the Zabars. It's a very famous New York. Oh, is it? It's the first film they've ever allowed to film at Zabars. Really? Mm-hmm. Either way, they're in. She's in the cash only line and he comes up and turns I hope it's not Zabers Zabar I don't oh, know how to and, say it and now so all of a sudden I'm talking Justin, like it I'm so cool I know Zabars all of a sudden Justin you. not being able to pr- pronounce Sarah Laurence is uh, not not right. uh, all that bad but she's in a cash only line and Tom Hanks comes up and turns that charm up to 11 to Sarah Ramirez she was from Grey's Anatomy. Oh, I know. She also won a Tony Award. Oh, so she's we, the second Tony Award winner in that film. So are we? Are we quickly on rom coms? You know what game we should play uh, instead of Seven Degrees of Kevin Who Bacon? No, rom coms. No, I don't know. No, instead instead of rom coms, uh, like Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon, we could do like Five Degrees of Catherine Heigl on rom coms because if it's Grey's Anatomy, there's two. Yeah. Tom Hanks to her to <gasps> Catherine Heigl. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) We should do. (laughs) Am I right? You are right. Paying attention. So either way, his orange routine. I want to use this orange routine. Zabar. We are holding two different conversations right now. It's pronounced Zabars. Okay, so there's Zabars. 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 And he comes up to help her because she only has one dollar and she had seventy dollars <laughs> worth of food for Thanksgiving. Why did they have an an only cash line if they have a working credit card machine right there? I think it's to funnel people through quicker. Why sometimes do they Is have cash faster than credit in nineteen ninety eight? In nineteen ninety eight, I would think for sure. Huh, okay. I don't know, but either way, he comes up and just charms the pants off this lady, and he he sets her up with the the joke, you know, knock knock, who's there? Orange. Aren't you glad? And, what was it? Wait, <laughs> when I said like, uh, orange, you glad? We don't remember the joke, but we loved it. I did. I. <laughs> We're so into it. Uh, yeah. What? What? It was like orange. Orange. Zay bars. <laughs> Orange you glad, orange you glad you, no, that was it. It was orange you glad you have that credit card machine right there and can help me out. It was something like that. And then she's like, yeah, can you just swipey swipey? Here's the best part is I can guarantee you that the next time we are out at Spuds or like a bar like that, I'm going to try this routine, but this same thing's going to happen where I forget it. No, where I forget it halfway (laughs) through, I'm going to thank the bartender for their time and alert them in like five minutes. I'm ready to try again because I'll check my phone and all that. So go to a place where I don't know most of the bartenders. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> won't be doing that Great. and so then they show a really good uh this really this movie had some very good montages it goes into like oh a, yeah was it it was thanksgiving or christmas i don't know i think it was thanksgiving um let's say thanksgiving okay. and they show a montage of his sister or just the, the little talking. girl singing oh yeah which would be his sister at that point i don't know the like little seven-year-old this is aunt Okay, so his aunt is so his aunt is singing. I don't know. Okay, his sister is aunt, a seven year old singing, and it's lovely. Blah 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 blah. And, and his then, dad's girlfriend keeps trying to touch his hand. And then they show Meg Ryan, and they're all singing around a piano. I love that. Why don't we ever sing around your piano around? We holidays? really need to. I used to do it growing up. Really? Oh yeah, that it was would be great. Fun. And Santa would come. It was my uncle dressed up as Santa Claus. I almost peed my pants in first grade because I thought it was real. I would one thousand percent dress up as <sighs> Santa Claus. 
and bomb into your house. I would June, be honored. Emma would know, but June would lose her mind. I would be in like two years. I would be honored. To and do then we'd that. play Christmas music. And then especially if like Brian, let's do it. And then if Brian was around, they wouldn't know that it was like Dad. Years later, yeah. it would probably take them a little bit to thread it together. Uh-huh. What song would we play at the piano though? Could we play Good King? I, oh yeah, I can play that. I can play a mean uh, Came Upon a Midnight Clear. I got that down. I got Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Yes, we're doing it. Can you learn something with a little bit Santa of Santa Kin? Can you learn something with a little bit of a swing, a little bit of a bounce to it too? Like yeah. a, a rockin' around the, the Christmas, Christmas tree. tree. I have a terrible story about that. Save that for a Christmas episode. Yeah, all right. What was I going to say about Christmas music? Christmas oh, music. Oh, Charlie Brown. I can play um, a really good uh, Vince Gerardi trio, kind of Charlie Brown thing going on. Do, 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 And what are the lyrics to that for us to all sing around the piano? Charlie Brown is here. He's a Charlie Brown's around. Charlie Brown's dancing. That kid's got a dirty blanket. This is our most sing songy episode yet. Definitely is. Then she goes back to her job, and what's her name? Bertie Conrad. The little, because she's such a cute little lady, mm-hmm. is like, we're down $1,200 from last year. And she's like, damn it. And so she emails NY152 about, what do I do? I'm losing business. I'm going to have to close. And he's like, you got to go for the throat. It's just business. You got to, oh, take it to the mattress. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he says, because he keeps quoting Ruffle. the Godfather. When they also, at this point, it's reinforced that they apparently have a clause with each other not to mention personal details, mm-hmm. which, like, then what do you really, at some point, if you're chatting long enough. You're doing enough, exactly what they're doing, which is just talking about your ideas and thoughts. Okay. All right. Not getting into the personal stuff. Okay. Well, they're. They're trying to forge a relationship, I guess, but whatever. Not really. So They're he tells just like her shrinking it up. All right. Well, he tells her basically go for the throat, and she ends up having her boyfriend that doesn't seem like a boyfriend to the point <laughs> where I didn't know it was a boyfriend write yeah. an article yeah. in the newspaper. He's a writer for what the Seems New like Yorker. He's a really something. good guy. Yeah, He's there he does. for her. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and then he ends up going on. So this generates a lot more interest in her store. More people are coming in. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he goes on a. TV They're all show. like uh, picketing outside Fox Books, mm-hmm. and which earlier in the movie he predicted would happen, yeah. and it didn't phase him. So mm-hmm. there you go. He goes on a TV, which show. actually happened to the Barnes and Noble. I have no on, doubt in the Upper West Side. Oh, I have no, absolutely no doubt that mm-hmm. that took place. So then Greg Kinnear and her were did they is this the point where they break up yeah they go to a movie he says something about i could never date someone who wasn't as into politics as i am and she's like i didn't vote in the last election you know and like realizes they're just not meant to be and he tries to start breaking up with her and she's like wait a minute do you not love me and he's like no she's like i don't love you either (laughs) yeah that was a very has there ever been a breakup like that do you think I don't know, because I would still feel hurt. Even if I yeah, didn't, exactly. even if I, that's the fucked up thing about the human brain. Even if I didn't love the person anymore, I would feel upset that they didn't love me. Yes, exactly. That's what I was Because I feel thinking. like so much of my love gets wrapped up in feeling their love for me, too. Yeah. It's like a very two-way street. Yeah. Where apparently she and Greg Kinnear are very mature. And are only worried about how they feel about the other person, not how the other person yeah. feels about them. Well, see, as I get older, I've been through not a ton of breakups, but a few. Most of them messy. Most of that being me, just an emotional wreck. I mean, yeah. that's just who I am. I'm a, I'm a terrible person. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, at least one of them now looking back, like we've met and we like, we've seen each other in person. It really is like an amicable, like, yeah, we had a good time. Like we just weren't right for each other. Like yeah. I'm very happy with Later. what's going on here. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know that even, even with that one for a little bit, I still felt a little iffy. And like mm-hmm. that one was even very like, you know, this is run its course type yeah. of thing. It's a very New York kind of, yeah. <laughs> Moving now, on. Now, is that from all your experience living in New York no, that you can say that it's a... Nora Efron teaching me about New York. Oh, okay. And that's okay. <laughs> then that's, uh, you came up with a very good answer. <laughs> they break up and then they decide her and Tom Hanks decide to meet in person. But really quick. Oh, yes. Have you ever been on the side where you broke up with someone and felt really like guilty about it? Uh, I have only broken up with one girl that I have dated. Mm-hmm. And it was like in high school and I did feel very bad, but let me tell you why specifically. Like we had no real, I mean, really a weird toe. No, but I, I decided I was going to break up with her before I called her because we'd only been dating like three, four months and I was a chicken shit high schooler. So of course I could do it over the phone. Oh, I I look back. What's bullshit. It's fine. Uh, It was chicken shit, but I called her and I caught her at like. We like a normal conversation started happening, and then all of a sudden, in the background, her parents started yelling at uh-uh. her. But I'd already commenced like the breakup proceedings, commencing breakup countdown. <laughs> and so, on her end, she was getting like yelled at, and then like she was getting yelled at on one end, and then she got away and was like kind of upset. But I'm like, I literally had done, I'd done all the the procedures. Like it, I'd already been like, mm. yeah, I just. I don't know. Things haven't been going that great. We're kind of blah, blah, blah. And I just remember thinking vividly like, listen, man, you could, you could stop now and then do this again in like two, three weeks. But that's kind of shitty to her that you're just hanging on to be whatever. And I was like, all right, just hammer down. And I powered through and I felt so guilty about Mm. that. I really did. But it was a lose, lose situation. Yeah. Um, It's better just to do it. Yeah. And again, we had, you know, it, it was, we had some fun together again, but you know, it's an awful feeling. I've done it on both sides. Yeah, where I knew I was gonna do it, and I was like, oh, I feel so bad about this, and I don't. I'm not as into you as you are into me, and you're just like, you have no idea this is coming. It's bad. The when they have no idea it's coming, I bet has yeah. to be. I think I've gotten. I mean, there was one guy I was just super pissed at, and I was like, "We're done," <laughs> and that was great. I think I've only probably... And I was like, why didn't I do this earlier? And I was actually pissed at myself. Really? Like, why didn't I break up? Why did I even date him to begin with? You know, you look back on it, you're like, I'm a stupid idiot. <laughs> but yeah, the other the other guy was very, very sweet. And I was just like, this isn't going to work. Yeah, but that's probably like her and... It, it, talking about the movie, like probably both her and Greg Kinnear, like probably in the moment realized or the characters did that like exactly what you're saying like oh man yeah we've been real idiots like we're just having fun together but like we don't really mix or meld together well so i mean maybe they Hmm. all maybe they had that realization you had over time but all all of a sudden because it did almost look like i still would have been hurt though if he had said like i don't love you either i would probably yeah you know even if you were yeah i know but that's the like you said the the ludicrous of the human brain of like i don't love you and it's okay to say but that if you said it back i'm crushed be like it's my idea not yours (laughs) you don't get to take it from me (laughs) (laughs) so then at that point now that she is newly single tom hanks is not single at this point no he's not they decide to meet up and here's the real question now and they she met up with him before she broke up with Greg Kinnear. 
Did she? In yeah. the, the coffee yeah. shop? They were both with people. Oh, okay. Then mm-hmm. before this whole section that we did, <laughs> they met. And that raises another question that... Infidelity. I mean, that is an undertone in this whole movie that I... I Nora Ephron does a good job of dancing around. Yeah, because they didn't do anything obviously physically inappropriate mm-hmm. but as well the conversations that they but it had seems mentally mentally they adulterous. were well, yeah but the conversations they were having themselves just like jimmy carter said he's guilty of adultery because he imagined hmm. in his heart sleeping with someone else which is the same God's eyes. But you're right that Nora Ephron does a good job dancing around that because she creates that kind of scandalous, but that nothing scandalous is actually happening. Yeah. So kudos to her on that. But they do they do meet, and then Tom Hanks has uh, Dave Chappelle go up and like, you know, is she pretty? I love that he like looks for him ahead of time, mm-hmm. and <laughs> it's like she looks a lot like that girl you don't like. <laughs> He's like, that's fine. She's cute. I have no problem with her attractiveness. He's like, well, <laughs> it is that girl you don't like. But then that that also begs a question, though. Would you have ever met a girl or a guy or a girl, someone online, without knowing what they were they looked like at all? If you had talked to him and you were reasonably sure yeah. you weren't going to get murdered. Yeah, I probably would. Okay. When I... When I'd I, need a Dave Chappelle to help me when i met the the girl i dated in high school um we were gonna meet at like a concert that a friend was playing like just a small it was in a comic book show, shop where dave used to uh, trivia or not trivia dave spicy dave used to play and um spicy dave used to play yeah spicy dave used to play in a band called ed's tool shed huh uh, listeners will remember him from shop? 500 days of summer it was at a comic book shop <laughs> It was it was sketchy, but whatever. And I didn't know what she looked like, so I did throw that gamble. And I remember, like, I told a buddy, you know, like this is what she said said she'd be driving if she gets there before me. Just like give her a ticket. And he called me. He was like, "Hey, just want to give you a heads up. She's pretty, so you're good to go." Yeah, I was like, good. "Oh, that's good. Well, so, that's nice." Yeah. So they in this though, he knows that she is shop girl number 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 whatever. He does. She no. He knows at that point. She's just shop girl. Okay, then he knows she's shop girl at that point. She does. She not had one know. of the very first AIM <laughs> handles ever. He had to be. shop girl. So he knows that she is shop girl. She does not know he is NYC NY one five two five two. He proceeds to kind of be a little dickish, but kind of playful, like a playful dickish with her. But she doesn't know that. But she doesn't know that. And then she so ends up she really expects, reaming As him. he says, she expects a trusted friend and she gets an enemy. Yeah. And so she ends and up. reacts like, accordingly. And she ends up tearing him a new one. And he, yeah. he leaves. She says exactly what she intended to say. Mm-hmm. And then regrets it exactly like he said she would (laughs) and he leaves deflated she goes back and emails nyc152 not knowing it's him basically Mm -hmm. saying like i just did a bad thing no why did why 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 didn't why weren't you there well then eventually she sends him another email saying but yeah and Mm -hmm. i forget he doesn't respond to that or he does respond he does he has a couple of like 
I was lost at sea, you know, like very confusing things. And then he finally is like, I can't tell you why I was gone. I just was. I will say this about that cafe scene. I do have a note here that just says, I found myself smiling during it without realizing it. Oh, just really? their playful banter. Yeah. Before she yelled at him, the playful banter was so good that I just, all of a sudden I caught myself. I'm like, you dumbass. You're just sitting here smiling she, in a room <laughs> alone. She plays annoyed very well. Yeah. Okay. So... They were talking after he failed to meet up with her, even though he actually did. But she doesn't realize that. <laughs> talking about, you know, how she was expecting a trusting friend. And instead, she found the enemy. And how he's so sorry about that. And then what happens? Uh He doesn't respond for a while, I think. And she goes back and talks to her friends at the bookstore about why he didn't show up and that's when he holds up the newspaper about a serial killer getting caught and that's Steve's on, yeah, yeah and that's when they made the joke about that and they try mm -hmm. to think of reasons he couldn't all have come. the reasons that he wouldn't have come yeah and i think is it about at this point that she decides she's going to close the bookstore yeah so she decides yeah, she's going to close like the bookstore. Mid-February. Well, and what part really I, I really, really liked, what was the name of the lady that worked in the shop that was it was so cute? Birdie Conrad. Yeah, Birdie. And when she's having dinner with Birdie and she kind of announces it, you know, Birdie is like, I think that's really brave of mm -hmm. you. And Meg Ryan's kind of like, well, what do you mean? Like, I'm, you know, that like I failed. She's like, no, like you're doing something else. You're going off mm -hmm. into like whatever, like that is someone who had a small business and sold it. it you know, that hit home for me because yeah. I simultaneously, like I've had that emotion where you simultaneously feel where you simultaneously feel like a failure and like a brave success yeah. at the same time. I know what that, that push and pull is. And I thought like, that was one point in this movie with Nora Ephron's writing where I was like, man, this lady understands the human yeah. condition because it's a, that interplay of emotions that most people wouldn't realize that is at play in that, where you somehow... Nora you do Ephron feel... has a keen sense of who people are. Oh. Brady Conrad says, you are daring to imagine that you could have a different life. Oh, I know it doesn't feel like that. You feel like a big fat failure now, but you're not. You're marching into the unknown armed with... Nothing. You have absolutely no... Have a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. You have no idea how much I identified with that line. Yeah. I mean, that really made me... Like, I... That made me feel good to hear that said. And that was the type of thing that... Like, had I had heard this movie prior to when I sold my business, if Aww. I'd heard it, I would have replayed that line over and over again when I needed pumped really? up. Really? Oh, yeah. Aww. No, I mean, I think that is just such a... Such a <laughs> powerful line and I love that about it mm -hmm. so she decides she's going to sell the business and then we see a montage of her kind of closing it down and people are coming in and telling stories and one lady she gives a box of tissues to and it's emotional and it's sweet and it and it really is yeah everyone's um, so sad absolutely it's like well y'all motherfuckers need but to people buy some love books. the bottom line that's what's yeah that's what's ridiculous is, yeah um, you know what is funny though? Correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't the big box bookstores dead? They're dying. But Other than the, Barnes and Noble, but the smaller ones are actually seeing a resurgence. Are they? That's what from what I've from what I've at least Good a little bit I've them. read. Well, because just the point that they make in this movie, she knows her product. Yeah. And and so if people just want a cheap book, 
they will go to Amazon right now and they'll get it. Mm -hmm. But if they actually don't know what they want, they want to talk to people, they'll go to like here in Columbus, for anyone that doesn't live in Columbus, doesn't know Columbus, we have the most amazing bookstore in our German village called The Book Book Loft. Loft. It is so big. It's in like an old house and it's so big. They have maps in mm-hmm. all of it the rooms. It has like 56 rooms. Yeah, and it's and you get quite you literally lost. You can get claustrophobic. Lost. It's so tight. It is awesome though. I mean, yeah. you can find everything in there and when you go from room to room, there's a soundscape that changes and mm-hmm. like that type of bookstore, you know, that type of specialty mm-hmm. type of th- like that I guess is seen very big But at the same time, that's like one in in the in the 12th largest city in the country. Well, no, but I'm saying from what I've read online is even smaller books yeah. retailers are kind of seeing a resurgence because like i said when people know what they want they want that personal attention actually to say like hey what should i get yeah they're going to the smaller ones for the cheap thing they're going to amazon and that's why barnes or like the what's the one that's barnes actually closing yeah oh wait what what's the one that's really hurting is it, i thought barnes and noble's hurting too it is hurting yeah. so they're the ones that are getting squeezed in the middle because like they <laughs> have they don't provide any extra value necessarily over Amazon other than a brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. They have all that overhead. Yeah. Business degree. <laughs> well, Barnes & Noble is trying to fight them because they do provide a lot of discounts and they have the Nook, which is their version of the Kindle. So they're trying. And like Emma's birthday came up. She's in the Barnes & Noble Kids Club, so she gets a free treat because they're also po- sponsored with Starbucks. So hmm. they have like little Starbucks cafes in their bookstores, Mm. which is cute. But the book loft has a cup of Joe right next door. Oh yeah. It's hard. Did, uh, did you like Tom Hanks's part in this movie where he wrote to make Ryan about Starbucks orders? He had a part about, (laughs) you know, people that don't know themselves love Starbucks because they get to go and have this, they get to identify with this one specialty thing. When I go up to Starbucks, I feel like Larry David when I go up to the Starbucks Mm. and you can ask Stephanie to confirm this. If she gets a drink, she'll get a, you know, foamy, milky, Mm -hmm. half and three quarter this and a pump of whatever. And I just go, I just, can I get a medium coffee? <laughs> and they go, do you mean a whatever? Like a venti or a grande, grande or La Bamba, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just like, like not your smallest and not your biggest, <laughs> like between those and coffee. Oh, do you want a blonde? <laughs> do you want a this roast? Do you want a that? I'm like, Co- coffee <laughs> feed me coffee feed me seymour <laughs> so just a coffee so i lo- i loved his assertion though i agree with that hmm. i don't order at starbucks like that though do you do you have no cream or anything just, just black just, just black, black coffee, coffee. Yeah. yeah when well, did you start drinking black coffee i started drinking coffee after college um, like when I just need to get up in the mornings and I'll tell you exactly why I start drinking it black is because in the mornings I am far too fucking lazy to get any sugar or get any cream and it's just mm. boom and let's do this. And so now if I have a coffee with like sugar or cream, I feel like it is way too sweet oh, and, really? and I'm kind of glad I got used to that because you whole 30 to yourself. I know. Yeah. And I, inadvertently. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, just black coffee, give it to me. Oh. And also too, whenever I, so I used to plow. Uh, I'm not we're talking about coffees. I used to drive a plow truck and 
you know, you'd get, you'd pull into a speedway at 4am for like the 10th cup of coffee of the day. And I just remember like I would take, you know, at that time of night, they'd have like, you know, six or seven different pots out of different stuff, but Mm -hmm. none of them would really be all the way full. Mm -hmm. And I just remember I'd take like two, boom, empty them into a cup, two more, boom, empty, because it would all be bits of coffee and I wouldn't want a Red Bull. And so they, they had one at one point that, God, I think it was called like extreme coffee or something like that. I know it had like the lightning bolt in a letter and it was supposed to be extra caffeinated coffee. Mm-hmm. So I drank that a few times. Did it work? I don't know. I'm alive. I got the job done. You can, I am one you... of those people. Apparently there's a group of us who <laughs> there are literally tens. There are literally tens of us who are extremely sensitive to caffeine, mm. like really sensitive to caffeine. Mm-hmm. Like I can drink tea. Fine. Pretty fine. I mean, I definitely feel it, but I can drink tea. But coffee? How many cups does it? Oh, half of a cup. Oh, really? Yeah. If I have more than one, then I'm the same way where I feel like I don't, I feel like I'm buzzing and Mm -hmm. I don't care for it. But one, I'm fine. One, I'm. That's good. But and then I just burn through all food and I'm just like, I don't feel good. (laughs) So don't, so do you drink coffee then? Decaf. Huh. I drink decaf. Because I like it, and I like its taste. <laughs> Even though I know it's stupid, and everyone's like, why else would you drink coffee? Because I like yeah, it. Yeah, but it's sterile, and you like the taste. Yeah. So Meg Ryan, is she way too nice to be a New Yorker? I feel like every movie, when you see about no, New Yorkers East No, she has a Coasters. good amount of like insular neur- neuroses. That's what New Yorkers need. Being New Yorker isn't about being nice or not nice. Do you nice. like that I keep asking New York questions it's about- because you live there? <laughs> I know New York. <laughs> it's about being neurotic but private. About Like, like she's definitely a neurotic person, mm-hmm. but she's not... She keeps it hidden ...talking away. to all these people about it. Mm-hmm. She's... Got her friends, that's fine, and and then she's, you know, that's her group. She doesn't go beyond there. She doesn't, like, she's insular. Mm -hmm. Because I was just thinking through this movie when I, so I had some, my dad was from Connecticut, so I do have some, like, East Coast family, Mm. and there is a certain, at least to them, they are not New Yorkers like yourself, but they, (laughs) there's a certain gruffness to the, not gruffness, Mm. that's the wrong way to put it. There's a, there's a, maybe a sternness to it. Taciturnity. Taciturn. No, no, not where He-Man lives. I'm talking about just being a little too... What is taciturnity? Being taciturn, not... Are you seriously? Taciturn? You don't know the word taciturn? I asked asked you, what is taciturnity? And you went taciturn. Well, taciturnity is a word I made up. But being taciturn, being laconic means being of few words, you know, being... Very thrifty, mm-hmm. very not forthcoming. Wow. Did you just make up a word that describes perfectly my family on the East Coast? Yeah, that's how they are. I mean, you just nailed it. That's I'm reading John Steinbeck's book, Travels with Charlie, right now, and he starts on the East Coast and travels across America, and he talks about people in New England being incredibly taciturn. They do not talk they're not you, rude. You quite literally just described my father, my uncle, my yeah. grandfather, my uncle, my other uncle. <laughs> yeah, they don't they're not rude, they're not mean. They're just they just don't have a lot to say to you 
they keep it to themselves. They're taciturn. Wow. Okay. There we go. So now yeah. I know a new word. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, this will be on your quiz at the end, just in case. Taciturn. So at this Still point, Roman. so at this point, she is has no business. Tom Hanks has crushed her I business. Know, it's like, she's remarkably resilient for having lost a business for forty six years that her mother started. <sighs> Let me shed my own take on that. It wasn't 46 years, but I sold a business that my dad had started. He had passed away. Yeah. Did you dance with him in the shop? I definitely had my own moment before I walked out for the last time that was pretty emotional. Yeah. And kind of, yeah. No, I felt ghosts for sure. It wasn't like a visual like that, but I definitely had a thing where I stood there in the door for the last time and kind of looked around and thought for a minute. So that part, how they addressed it was a little cheesy, but for sure I identified with that. But um, I can say this much though, like I thought that it was going to take me a while to get over it, but it was kind of a weird, like it felt like a, like a period and it felt like I jumped to the next chapter. I don't know a better way to put it than that hmm. than to use like a literature way, which fits but for what this. If <laughs> what if you had to sell your business because an Ace Hardware moved in two blocks away and like shoved you out, and then well, Ace Hardware wouldn't put us out of business. But I get your point. If a Tom Ace started. <laughs> <laughs> started hitting on you i should say and then samantha ace Ooh, samantha ace started hitting on you that would that would be a tough yeah that would be a tough pill to swallow and so that brings me to the next point though so at that point he shows up at her door yeah. with flowers in hand and she just kind she's sick so mm-hmm. she's out of it and she just lets him in and she is like uh, way comfortable with a yeah. guy she doesn't know in her house. Exactly. He's making her, and he's being so sweet, and he keeps dropping hints left and right that he's he is not NYC leaving. Won't... She kind of asks, like, kind of like assumes he's going to leave a couple of times. He doesn't leave. Mm. And I know she's out of it, but that's not safe. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not safe at all. But he also, throughout the scene, keeps dropping hints that he's NYC152. Mm-hmm. She doesn't pick up. You know? Yeah, which I thought the thing about, like, How'd you know I like Daisy? I love Daisy. So you told me. And she just steamrolls over it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I have that written here. Like she's oddly comfortable. Like she's in her bed and he's touching her face and he just put her out of business. Yeah. What would have explained that away from me is just she's sick. One more line about I just took NyQuil. I'm going to bed. Like to reinforce yeah. that she's kind of out of it. Yeah. At least she knows him. She knows he's not a murderer or whatever. But um that part was but weird. the whole the whole crux of their relationship i think is is problematic is called into question by the fact that he put her out of business that for me is the biggest disaster yeah why i don't know can a normal person get over that I'm gonna Ooh. date the guy who literally, quite literally, you know what? No, put I, my you family know, business. The out. the counterpoint I would put to that is that she they do show her going into a Fox Books for the first time, and she does look around in wonderment at children reading everywhere, of people being engaged, and that it's not just that he has created not just a big book. 
mega warehouse, but they actually created something that does reinforce a love of reading. I think that was. Yeah. The, I think that's what that whole scene was meant to be. Is uh, that no. twist? I don't know. Though you didn't take that. No, no. And I know the part with the. guy. I know what you're going to say. The guy that didn't know the book, Chris Messina. What? Chris Messina. What's Chris? Oh, is that the guy, the actor? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you were. He's I, I pretty was... well known. He's from Six Feet Under, the last oh, season I... of Six Feet Under, and he's in. Uh, the Mindy Project. I thought you were saying the children's book she asked for. I'm like, no, it was ballet shoes. It wasn't Christmasina. <laughs> the, you know, the one who writes about the shoes. No, but Christmasina doesn't know. Well, no, that, that party doesn't. But before that, the wonderment with what she's walking through, you know. There and that's, are children there, but, yeah. But yeah, then yeah. also the, in that scene, I think that was meant to show to Tom Hanks suddenly realized the value in what her shop was because he's watching her from a distance and he sees her respond to that. The whole and time. That, and then that plays into when she asks how um, George is doing, played by our favorite actor. Because mm-hmm, he got picked up. Because he got picked up. He says he is revolutionizing our children's section. You have to have a PhD to work in his children's section, mm-hmm. which to me implies the scene where he saw her coupled with that comment, he's realizing the value in that. Yeah. At least that's how I kind of okay. took it. And so, but I don't think that gives her enough cause to be like, Meh. again, I'm coming from a different place, uh, just a little bit where it's maybe it was time for her to move on. And she felt that I, I'm putting a little more myself into maybe. this assumption. I do get what you're saying. A hundred percent. If someone puts out something that your parent put love into, could yeah. you then love them? The fact that she has to tell, she has to inform the employee about how to talk to customers, like what they should know about the customers. Well, yeah, but then that was resolved in the and next she conversation. Cry- she literally starts crying talking about the ballet shoes. And I was expecting the entire time, because I had seen this before, but I couldn't remember it. I thought in the back of my head the whole time that he was going to buy her store. And that's what I actually expected as someone who had not seen it turn yeah. into a specialty. Yeah. Yeah. Like a subsidiary of Fox books or something yeah. like that. Or that, or I thought he was going to open up like a mini bookstore within like make the children's section. Yeah. A. Hers or so something. yeah. Okay. So yeah. we were kind of, we I were in the same area. Too. But you know what? Kudos to Nora Ephron because that would have been a very patriarchal thing to do. Like she was saved by the man and he let her have her store, but he still controlled it, you know, and and said Nora Ephron makes a clean break. It's like the store is closed. Mm -hmm. This chapter is over. Yeah. They can move on with their relationship because their relationship would be tainted by the fact that he was controlling her business from now on, you know? Well, that and it would have just tried to been making everybody happy. Yeah, you know, puzzle, like their puzzle pieces all fitting together. Yeah, like there had, to, there had to be something that just got, yeah, it would have felt hacky almost. Yeah. You know, on top of what you're saying, I do get what you're saying, but I'm smiling yeah. and chuckling, but it, it, yeah. you're, you're 100% right. Yeah. Um, it kept them on level footing. Can we jump to the next section now? Or yeah, all right. more about Okay, well, we can come back. <laughs> but the next section is the one that I have the problem with. This is All where right. Tom Hanks, you know, again, to reinforce, because we've been jumping around a lot, he knows who Meg Ryan is. Yeah. And he knows that she's who he's been talking to. Again, for a big chunk of this movie, she is entirely unaware. This next chunk, he makes it very clear to her, I want to be your friend. I believe he actually says those words mm-hmm. when he meets with her when she's sick. And they begin to forge a friendship and a relationship. Yeah. The whole time through this montage of them getting to know each other 
she is still writing NYC one five two, not knowing it's Tom Hanks. So Tom Hanks is playing both sides. So he'll be commenting to her about, well, what did he write you? Oh, well, not, are you sure he's not married? Is mm-hmm. he ma- is he married? Is he, oh, are you married? And so he's playing both sides. That to me, <laughs> it, it, okay. So playing both sides, and then he finally says, "Let's wrap the movie up, and then we'll go back to why I don't like this part." It, not don't like, but oh it, for gosh. me, it's the problematic part. Cannot disagree more on this. Can part. we? Okay, I'm excited, but let's wrap let's wrap it up and then come back. So uh, then he says to her after they've gotten to know each other very well. Oh, there's one part where he's eating a pretzel, like a bag of pretzels. This this really bothered me. He's eating a bag of pretzels, like a hard pretzel. Yeah. You've had a hard pretzel. Yeah. So he's eating a pretzel. He eats half of a hard pretzel. First off, who eats half of a hard pretzel? And he has a bag of them. And he puts the half-eaten hard pretzel back in the bag of hard pretzels. I didn't notice that. I, it bothered me. And I know what it was. Tom, you knew you had another take. And you knew you were taking that hard pretzel out. And you were finishing that half a hard pretzel because <laughs> you don't want to waste. I get that. That's production. For the movie... I think you're a dirty man. It's all wrong. I think he's a dirty man. <laughs> now all those pretzels are contaminated. It's like he double dipped the chip dip. So yeah. he says to her, actually, that doesn't matter. So he emails her and says, you know, let's meet here at this time and you can meet We're me and my dog. Park at four o'clock. And you can meet, what's his dog's name? Is it Bailey? Brinkley. Brinkley. That's it. And all of a sudden, you know, she's standing there and we hear Brinkley, Brinkley. And, and Brinkley's that, running up the path. And then. All of a sudden, she sees Tom Hanks turn, and and she knew that it was like him. She'd always known, and they embrace and they kiss, mm-hmm. and Brinkley starts jumping on them like crazy, <laughs> and it pans up, and that is a fantastic romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Now here's the problem I have with that ending section. It's just this idea of, uh, so let me turn this on its head. Let's say that I'm talking to a girl. Mm-hmm. A, f- a girl that is a friend. This literally is an episode of Catfish. I mean, I have watched this episode of Catfish. Okay. Yeah, I think we need to tag Neve and Max in this and see, get their opinion on if You've Got Mail is a Catfish episode. Because right. I think it really is. Because if you take this, say I have a girl that is a friend. We have a strong friendship. I have an online person I am talking to. And then I find out that they are the same thing. But that they had been kind of playing, the two personas had been playing off of each other. I would feel as though my trust had been betrayed. Like, wait, why Why do you have these two personas going right now? Now, mm-hmm. granted, the one thing I will give in the movie is Tom Hanks did try when she was sick to let her know. He did mm-hmm. it in a roundabout chicken shit way. He kept dropping hints. Okay, now why do you disagree? <laughs> He does it perfectly. <laughs> he knows. He knows that she has this relationship to NY152. And he knows that that is a relationship she cherishes. And he's trying to be friends with her. And he knows that they have chemistry because they met in her bookshop. And it was all giggly and cute before she knew he was Joe Fox. So he knows they have natural chemistry. So he knows he has to drive a wedge between who he is and who NY152 is. And he knows he needs to develop an actual real relationship with her, which he does perfectly in real life, while at the same time calling into question who this online person is. He has to start alienating this online person from her so that when she actually finds out that they're the same person, she isn't devastated because he's known by meeting her in that coffee shop that when she sees him, 
and expects NY152, she freaks out. She yells at him. She's pissed off. So he knows that he needs to take NY152 down a peg and build himself up so that she really does feel relieved to see him. So you're she telling says, I me... Want it to, I wanted it to be you. Okay. I can see your side. <laughs> we are literally arguing... You are arguing the man's side. I am arguing mm-hmm. Meg Ryan's side here. Like, that's the dude. Do you see what we're doing here? Like, we yeah. literally see the... I can see what you are saying. Mm-hmm. Now, bear with me for a second. If this happened to you, wouldn't... And you were on Meg Ryan's side. Would you be at all creeped out? Like, I mean, wouldn't you feel a bit betrayed or not at all? Or can you not... I don't know. I don't think I would because I totally... Because you thought you forged it. two good relationships. Yeah, okay. I understood it. What about... Then- and expected that. I don't uh, know if it's because there's a, like, kind of patriarchal element to it. That, like, girls are often, like, the victims of okay, yeah. <laughs> men's will, you know? Mm. And it's like, oh, all right. Whereas men aren't quite so used to girls doing that to them. Okay, then I guess the other question then out of that... If you then heard from him how long he had known, does that time that we definitely time have horizon to do a lot of reckoning? You? Yeah. Okay. So, but th- this is not a neat tied up in a bow. There's at least a decent oh, amount of conversation definitely. that has to yeah. come out of this. Oh, definitely a lot of reckoning. Because I was going to say, like, you know, but you just knew upon when? seeing him feeling that relief rather than total bewilderment, because he knew he didn't want to give her yeah. total bewilderment. You know, he wanted to get her more attached to him as a person than NY152. Basically, he knew that she was 70% NY152 and 30% him. And he was like, I need to shift. He wanted to flip those odds. Yeah, I need to shift that over and realize that it's better to know me than this online person that you don't know and call into question all this shit that he said and all this stuff he's done, Mm. you know. And, and question him on things and see how he reacts. And then he does the perfect thing by being able to react in shady ways mm-hmm. so that she starts to doubt how she feels about him. And Yeah, I see the manipulation. I see what okay. you're saying. As long, okay, because I, yeah. I can see your side too because, I mean, obviously I can see the guy's side here. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like, you, you really like this girl. You are trying to figure out your best play. Mm-hmm. And so I see your side 1,000%. Yeah, and I may not be the average girl in this. There are plenty of girls who probably have a stronger will than I do who are like, fuck that, that's weird. You know, I can just see that happening. I think if you have the ability but to... But me, st- for some reason, I don't know why. I'm just like, he spent that much time worrying about me? <laughs> I, I think if you have the ability to step back and objectively look at the situation with all the facts. But again, we are the viewer. We have all the facts. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to have this argument. That's why, yeah. uh, even Max, if uh, you guys want to get back to us with a little bit of feedback Help. on what you found, I mean, we would love that. Apparently, I love being catfished. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it's like just the time he put into it and how much he cared about her mm. is I, I get I get into that. Yeah. I'm like, clearly he put a lot of time and effort into this. Brian, unfortunately, probably would feel like you, which is like, this is fucking weird. <laughs> well, I would just I think I'm a pretty straightforward person. And maybe that is part of it where if it's like mm-hmm. if you if there is an issue that needs addressed I don't like it being subverted. Like, let's get it out of the way before it becomes a poison. It becomes a big deal because most problems are very, very tiny. 
they just get blown up. So yeah. that's my kind of thing with this. I feel like this would be a hmm. snowball, and I just I hate snowballs. Here's a question I've been waiting to ask you the whole show. Hmm. If you had to be friends with one of these characters. <laughs> Duh. Well, I guess I don't get to give you my preface. Why Tom Hanks? Because that's not what I thought you were going to say. What? I didn't think. I thought you'd... Uh, you have way more connection to Tom Hanks. You are a, you are a book lover. A she, l- Meg Ryan's not a book lover. She's a character playing... She's she's playing a character who's a book lover. I'm... No. Character... I'm saying the character in the movie. Not oh. the actor. <laughs> I started the question with the character. Did you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know. I guess her. Or... Yeah. I would assume... She owns a small bookshop. She's read Pride and Prejudice six t- 16 times or whatever it may be. I've never read it. Really? Maybe once. I'm I would just subverting as- the norm. I would just figure you you would be friends with her. Well, in of- real, yeah, in reality, yes. There's why would I be friends with a corporate, huge money bookseller? Here's the other thing I will say about Tom Hanks's part in this. I would be friends with Tom Hanks's character Joe before Meg Ryan because you did his landscaping. Because I did his landscaping. <laughs> no, um, because two reasons. One, because you have a wiener. Yes, because I have a wiener, and two, <laughs> three reasons. One, wiener. Two, because he is. Meg Ryan is a little flighty for me in this, and you've met the women I've dated. I do love, like, you know, women that see the bright side of things. And do you? I don't know these things. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, is that your thing? Um, I'm a very negative person overall. So yeah, I do need someone to balance me out with like, can see the bright side of things. I, I know that. But Meg Ryan is just a little too naive and pie in the sky in this, huh. you know? And I think that would annoy me about it. Tom Hanks seems very straightforward, matter of fact, but at the same time, and he's loaded in the movie, but you, he just seems like a normal guy. He takes those kids yeah. to a street festival and has fun with them. Like... That's why I think I'd go for him. Meg Ryan just seemed a little too like a butterfly would go by and she'd be like, oh, look at that. Uh, hmm. You know, then back to something else. So I think I would be friends with Tom Hanks's character. But yeah, okay. In reality, walking around the streets of New York, I oh, think wait. it'd be much harder to access Joe Fox. I think Joe Fox and I would get along well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say that. I mean, you know, Dave Chappelle was good buddies with him. So well, he's his work. He hired Dave Chappelle. I think this movie hit a good amount of our tropes. The one, I mean, the city played a huge part. Huge. This, this had city to be New huge. York City. Yeah. It, with a, you change this anywhere else, it doesn't work as well. Yeah. No. Even you move this to like San Francisco or Chicago. Good still montages. Doesn't work. Killer montages. Cranberries. The soundtrack was soundtrack. great. Yeah. And it wasn't even songs that I knew i loved but they felt right mm-hmm. they made you feel like you were in new york city in the fall Nora Ephron cannot help referencing the wizard of oz really she does this in a couple of movies yeah, oh, yeah a lot of harry nilsson songs the puppy song remember roy orbison bobby day randy newman stevie wonder sinead o'connor oh, randy newman carol king go. stevie wonder sign sealed deliver baby mm-hmm. so yeah as far as tropes so then again Soundtrack's killer. City's an integral part. Here's the part. Sassy best friend. He has Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Is is Birdie? 
honest to God, Steve Zahn. <laughs> I I thought Craig Kinnear because I didn't know they were dating oh, for most no. of the movie. But he really was like her sassy. I mean, he he was kind of her voice he of reason. He was supportive. Yeah, yeah. He was. There. She almost had a cast of sassy best. Yeah, friends. Yeah, she did definitely have an ensemble. I mean, sassy best friend. What else do we? There I wasn't mean, a ton of physical comedy, but when he is leaving the bookstore after she and he meet, mm-hmm. he gets the balloons trapped in the door, mm-hmm. and then he opens up. He's like, "Good thing it wasn't the fish," because he's holding a bag with a fish in it. <laughs> And walks out the door. I'm smiling that like was, a jackass. That right was now, just real. That Tom happened. Day. Really? That and Nora Ephron thought it was so funny. She kept it in the movie. <sighs> Tom Hanks. That's is... good physical comedy. Yeah, and it was it, that was kind of subtle. Also, Tom Hanks has a thing with water. In at least four movies. Okay, this movie, he's on a boat. He's you know. Mm. Living on the boat after he and Parker Posey break up. At the beginning, he's on the boat when his his brother and aunt come to see him. In Sleepless in Seattle, he lives right on the water on a boathouse. And Splash, he's right on the water, obviously. He finds a mermaid. <laughs> and in Castaway, he has a plane crash and he lives on an island he has a thing with water. He does have a thing with water. Am I right? That's awesome. That's a thing. Here's the question now. Yes. Would Laura Dern be able to play a character in this? You forgot that that's something yeah. you wanted to ask every time. Would Laura Dern... Well, obviously... All right, first <laughs> off, would Laura Dern be able to play a character in this? Absolutely. Everything. She could play Parker Posey. She could play Meg she, Ryan. She could play she all could play of it. Birdie. I'm going to tell you who I would love <laughs> to see Laura Dern play in this movie. Okay? Mm-hmm. I would love to see her play Birdie. I think she would be With awesome old as Birdie. age makeup? No. Yeah, a younger. Just young. Well, I mean, Laura Dern's probably she like six, late 50s right yeah. now. So early 60s. But this is 1998. <sighs> No, I mean now Laura Dern. Yeah. Oh, you want me to go back to who could play? No, I want to see now Laura Dern. No, these are all hypotheticals that we have a time machine. Absolutely. Could she still date <laughs> Franca? <laughs> yes. Mm. Uh, she, I think I think Laura Dern is either Birdie or... No, if you want Laura Dern in that time period, there was the younger shop girl... Yeah, it was. I think that would be good as Laura Dern because it would be like the same age, and Laura Dern could probably play very like kind of flighty, hippie kind of girl working in a children's bookstore. Mm-hmm. I think amazingly. So could Laura Dern be in this movie? Absolutely, I think she could. Would you? What would? What do you say to that, Sarah? Well, Laura Dern is only six years younger than Meg Ryan, mm-hmm. so only ten years younger than. Than Tom Hanks. I could see her playing a really fun Parker Posey. That's who I imagined right away. Although I love Parker Posey. So. Yeah, but I don't. What can you say? I don't like seeing Laura Dern in like a bitchy role. Because that's why they broke up is she was acting shitty You haven't seen everybody. Big Little Eyes. I haven't. Mm. And I don't think I want to now that I know this much. Mm. So now that we've gotten Laura Dern out of the way, which we <laughs> no, do. No, we're not done. We're not You're done. not yes anding this. I'm You're not. shutting it down. Okay. So I have not seen Big Little Lies. <laughs> and quite frankly, Sarah, I don't know if I want to. I wonder. I don't think, and I mean this with all respect to Laura Dern, I do not think she could play the lead in this and have it work the same. 
Yeah, I don't, probably I not. Don't I mean, Meg Ryan is Ryan. quintessential. Yeah, I think that plays back to what we were saying about Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks being a good... You know what role she could actually play in this really well. What? Take Dave Chappelle out. Put Laura Dern in there. Oh, yeah. as, I think that actually is the role that, that she'd be, be good fun. in. Yeah. yeah. Because picture her in that cafe scene when she walks up to the door and is describing like mm-hmm. you know her being in there mm-hmm. or when they're in the 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 workout the gym mm-hmm. and they're jogging and on the tv tom hanks is getting ripped apart yeah. i could see her really i, yeah, I could see a female fun. i could see a female side to that being interesting and on top of even add in like one little scene where tom hanks is describing even like a 45 second one minute throwaway scene where tom hanks is kind of says what's going on Mm -hmm. like during that period i don't care for um even then she could be like are you so sure about this and then he could maybe shed some light on the the area that you described Mm -hmm. well okay so have has laura dern ever been in a movie with tom hanks because bruce dern has and i wonder if we could make the connection Hmm. between them Bruce Stern was in The Burbs with Tom Hanks. I don't even know. Where did she get her height? I don't feel like Bruce Stern is that tall. And her mom is not tall. I don't know Laura Dern's parents personally, so I can't guarantee perhaps Sarah the Milkman. They're both actors. Perhaps the Milkman was tall. Perhaps. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how to look up if her and Tom Hanks have been in a... Harper. Wait, what? Laura Dern? Was married to Ben Harper? Yeah. Of Ben Harper, the musician? Yeah. Really? Yes. Really? They have two kids together. Wait, what? <laughs> you don't know that? I don't know very you much about... You love Laura Dern and you don't know... I think I like the idea... I think I love the idea of Laura Dern. <laughs> I don't oh seem God. to know very much about Laura Dern, the woman. Do you know she was in Jurassic Park? I'm aware of her performance in it, yes. And then she got married to Ben Harper. She was also so she was also in Jurassic Park three for a brief period with William H Macy. Mm-hmm. She is no longer married to Ben Harper, however. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I I didn't know that. I need to learn yeah. some more Dern. This has been Dern facts. With Sarah. Dern facts. Dern facts. <laughs> Where did she get her golden blonde locks from, though, Sarah? Bruce. Bruce. So Bruce is the locks. So the height, the know. height's from the mom. Then, if the locks are from, she's the not dad. tall though. I can't remember what her name is. Do you think when her uh, she would ever get really Diane Ladd? You don't know who Diane Ladd is, do nope. you? <laughs> do you think when she would get mad when she was younger, she would ever just go, "Oh, darn it." Maybe. Um, oh, Diane Ladd is very gorgeous. She has blonde hair. She was, uh, gosh, she was in Chinatown. Uh, she's like a pretty hot blonde. Like, come on. Diane Ladd has appeared in over 120 films and television roles. Alice doesn't live here anymore. She got the Best Supporting Actress nomination. Uh, and then Chinatown, Ghost of Mississippi, Primary Colors, 28 Days. She's the mom of Laura Dern, obviously. Where Laura Dern gets her height. I don't think so. She must get it from her mom. She's not that tall. Were we just talking about her mom? Diana at height. 5'7", yeah, maybe. Let's find out how tall Laura Dern is. 5'10", she's 5'10". So she gets my from her mom. 
right? I don't know. He's six feet tall. So where did she come up with that? I don't know. That's pretty tall. Good for Laura Dern. Good for her. Love Laura Dern. Would love her in this movie. Yeah. As Tom Hanks' sidekick. Or the younger shop girl. I'll stick or with the those. dog. <laughs> yes. Or the dog. She, she could run up at the ending scene and just be like jumping and hugging. I'm yeah. like, guys, I'm so happy you got together finally. You did it. All right, Sarah. So then now that we've gone through our tropes, I think the most important thing that we need to hit on this is going to be if you had to give this movie a romcast rating from one to ten. One being not a rom-com at all. Ten being the quintessential rom-com hitting all of mm-hmm. the tropes and then some. Mm-hmm. Where would you put this? Well, do I give it a 10? Is a 10 too high? Do I give it a 9.7? This is your rating. I know where I sit. Uh, Follow your heart. I mean, it's pretty great, but I don't think it's as good as Sleepless in Seattle. So I'll give it a 9.7. Okay, that's a good fair rating. Okay. 10, baby. (laughs) I'm going with a 10. I love this movie. I think it hit all of our trope. Well, I love this movie doesn't matter. We're doing a romantic comedy. I don't think this movie could ever be confused for anything other than a romantic comedy yeah i think it not only hit all of our tropes not just the ones that we named but ones Mm. that we are still even fleshing out i think the cast was perfect for what it was i think the interplay between the leads was absolutely electric and something Mm -hmm. that you couldn't fake i think it had these insights in the human dynamic even in like i said those little one-off lines that caught me just the right way Mm -hmm. and again the thing that i said in the beginning we are sitting right now, you know, at well over probably an hour, well over an hour and 30 minutes mm-hmm. of just talking about this movie and maybe encompassed in that has been 15 minutes of plot. <laughs> we have been so excited to talk about every other offshoot it's coming true. out of this. And like I said, I think that's what the magic of these romantic comedies is, is that. They get you excited to talk about life and love and what's yeah. around you. And thank you. Thank you, Nora. I love <laughs> she this She does movie. a great job of letting their lives continue on mm-hmm. and be part of the story without, you know, overtaking the story. I can say that this is one movie, there are some that I wonder what happens to the people afterwards. Mm. I am okay with where this left off. I have no curiosity. I'm yeah. just, it, it, it was a perfect encapsulation. And we talked about this kind of with Roman Holiday, that a lot of the best rom-coms are almost a snapshot of a moment. Yeah. And that that's what it is. And again, I think this did a very good job of being a snapshot, not just of their lives, but of that point in online dating, that time in technology, that time in, you know, your favorite city where you're from, New York City, mm-hmm. the, the city you know so well. Uh, you <laughs> That's know, right. so I would, I, I, Born and I am unabashedly giving this a 10 as yeah. being a quintessential rom-com. I, I know that I think I gave, um, I think I gave Roman holiday like a nine five. Yeah. And I said that really the only thing with that, that I would have liked a little better soundtrack the one thing I now have learned that this one even set further apart again was those little one-liners that she slipped in that fleshed out things for me on an emotional side. Yeah. So that is. You did it. That's that's it. We did it. Yep. We have done it. We have done it. We stumbled it. onto 
an A plus rom com without without meaning to because I always thought it was second tier being a fourteen year old dumb butt. Yeah. You were a big old 14-year-old dumb. <laughs> in my beanbag chair in the attic, thinking it was a lame title. <laughs> I I wish, I wish I could meet high school Sarah because Watching I bet... Watching a Felicity episode. Oh my God. I wish I could meet 14-year-old Sarah. I bet she was uh, fascinating to say yeah. She was living a lot in her head. <laughs> well, if you like this episode, if you know Neve or Max or Tom Hanks, or you know what, Meg Ryan, who's Neve or Max? Neve oh. or Max. <laughs> if you know any. Is it Neve or Nev? He says Neve on the oh, show. All right, then you know. Neve, Neve Shulman. Neve Shulman. Yeah. His wife just... wears funny things. Yeah. We don't, I, su- I support it. We I don't like have it. to talk about that. All right. <laughs> but either way, if you want to get in contact us with contact with us for any reason, you know, send us an email like Caitlin did at the beginning and just give us some feedback or you know whatever. You can mail the, mail at romcomcom.com. That's right, Sarah. That's where you can get in contact <laughs> with us. We also have a rom a uh, an Instagram a romstagram a rom we have a romstagram on Instagram <laughs> and you can find us at romcomcom dot com at Instagram and you can get at us there and yeah just give us some feedback. I mean, we read Caitlin, Caitlin's email. We're really hoping she gives us a little bit more information that we, we when want. was that wedding? Yeah, was it Halloween? What Again, was her role in it? Yeah, did she there, drink blood? Was there a ceremony of some yeah. type? That there's right? gotta be. Did the parents come as uh, characters? Frankenstein? Yeah, what did the parents do? You know, were there corsages or just little vials of blood? <laughs> Am I right? And as always, I would like to thank the band. This is my suitcase for letting us use the song Love off the album. The keys to Cat Heaven as our intro and outro. They have right now online uh, a Keys to Cat Heaven. I think it's called like Keys to Cat Heaven Naked or something to that effect, where it's uh, the original stripped down versions of those songs that you can purchase and all the proceeds go to benefit a friend of the band's mother who is battling cancer. So go check that out on Bandcamp and support them um, in any of their side projects. Um, Or go to BrewDog. (laughs) Yeah, or go to BrewDog. One of the guys, uh, one of the guys, Manos works there and he will regale you with his tales of music and serve you an excellent beer that's right canal winchester and canal winchester so is there anything else sarah i don't think so well did i ever tell you that i used to leave my aim on in college senior year on a speaker like an amp and i would sleep somewhere else but i'd leave it on through the night and so while my roommate and his girlfriend were sleeping in there well, it wasn't as much that that they'd complain about. They'd complain about the door, uh, the door shutting. People leaving conversations. And they would still get so angry that through the whole night, that's all that they'd hear. <laughs> oh, so, no. Why did you do that? Because I'm just an absolutely terrible friend. <laughs> so, with that being that, thanks for listening. Goodbye.
talk to Daddy.